in a world that tells us that if you're not happy, you can just change your job, end your relationship, start a new one, have a baby, get a puppy or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist this so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. Well, I'm here to change that. Join me and my guests every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Hello, everybody. This week, I have Shannon Brown, who is a licensed therapist, relationship coach from Reconnected Relationship, where she helps people improve their relationships and recover after an affair. Hi, Shannon, welcome here. I can't wait to hear how it is that people will improve their relationships. Thank you, Olga, for having me on today. So let us know, when you work with clients that come to you and the relationship is not where they wanna be, what are the steps that you do to help them reconnect? Well, a lot of times we just kind of start with looking at what are those problems or concerns that kind of led them to me in the first place. Like, what are the things that have been happening in the relationship? Um, Of course, a lot of times people will come in and say that they have communication problems. That's a typical thing that people will say. And when we deep dive into that a little bit more, we usually find there's a bit more to it than that. And a lot of times we find that there is some sort of unmet need underneath that. And so, yeah, there's um, arguing, there's miscommunication, there's a lot of this, you know, anger, frustration, irritability, all this stuff on the surface. But we really find that underneath the surface, there's a lot more going on. And so I start to just kind of ask them questions and we start to try to uncover some of that stuff. And what would you say in your experience working with couples is some of those unmet needs for the spouses? Is there a pattern? Absolutely. I actually see, you know, I just met with a gentleman this morning, actually, and he had had an emotional affair and he was talking about how he just didn't feel desired anymore. Right. So he, you know, they'd been married for 14 years and they had two small children in the home and they just had gotten to this place of complete disconnect. They were really child focused. You know, they're just focusing on working and doing the thing, you know, and taking care of the kids and doing the normal day to day activities. And he just had started to just feel like very disconnected. He didn't feel like she was really into him anymore. She, he didn't feel desired, loved. There just wasn't any sort of affection going on. So that's a big one that I see. And then just a lot of maybe um, in general, just feeling misunderstood. Like, I don't feel like you get me or I don't feel like you're understanding what I'm saying. I come from the opposite egg of this um, end of the spectrum. I work with people who already have decided, okay, we are not going to repair this. And it's interesting because what you are describing to me, it's how they come to me. It seems like there was no coming back from that place. So is there hope? Is there a way that they can come back from there? Absolutely. Like, and like this gentleman that I'm speaking about, I have no doubt that they are going to be great. They just have to get through this. Of course, she's felt betrayed and hurt and they have to get through that and trust has to be rebuilt. But absolutely. Because what's interesting about it is that 
he talked about how they have been talking more now and they've been they've been together for 14 years and they're talking more now than they have ever t- spoken to each other before and they're learning things about each other like imagine that right so i think the the emotional fair was really a blessing in disguise and this is not the first second third fifth tenth time i've heard this over 20 years of doing this work i have seen this time and time again where an actual affair, or even just maybe it's not an affair, maybe it's just something that's really rocked their world. You know, maybe there's been a loss of some sort or, but it's something that they, they're now they're starting to look at each other and say, whoa, hold on, let me, where is the time gone? And we haven't really been just talking to each other and really cultivating our relationship. Again, maybe we've just been focused on kids or our job or, you know, those things. And you mentioned twice emotional affair. So I have to ask you, is that different from an affair? There was no physical involvement? Good, good, good good question. So I'm calling it an emotional affair because for him, all that that was involved was just an emotional connection, a very short-lived kind of emotional connection. There was never anything physical. It never got to that part. So no, I don't need to say emotional affair. I just, in this particular case, it was, we were distinguishing it that way because there was no physical, but it's an affair is an affair is an affair and a betrayal is a betrayal is a betrayal. And I think, again, we feel a lot of pain and hurt if we've been betrayed, regardless of whether it was physical or not. Obviously, if it's a long-term, there's lots of sexual interaction that has happened over years. I think the impact's gonna probably feel a little bit different, than just someone who maybe had a relationship with someone over text message for, you know, a few weeks. However, everybody's different and everybody responds differently. So you really can't just, you know, put those things in boxes, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, And what you were describing before about the, the place where this particular gentleman is, it also sounds a lot like where most marriages head in that sort of cookie cutter pattern of, yeah, you know, once the children come, once the mortgages, once we're busy with life, we kind of stop talking to each other. Um, so from your perspective, what will be the, the ways to avoid even getting to that place? Yeah, I mean, I think that the awareness has to be there, right? And this intentional behavior, if you will, like we have to be very intentional with our relationships. We have to Remember that a child-focused relationship, for instance, is not really healthy, not only for the relationship itself, the couple, but it's also not really not really helpful for the children. The children really need to see that couple modeling what it's like to have that close, connected, loving, affectionate relationship. You want to model that for your kids, right? So I think it's just staying intentional, staying aware, like checking in with each other, like actually carving out time that is all about just the relationship, you and your partner, not the kids. Like today, we're not going to be parents. We're just going to be husband, wife, you know, partner, lover, whatever, you know, you want to give, but that's all we're going to do today. And we're going to talk about that stuff. And we're going to talk about each other. And how are you doing as a person, not as a parent, not as a you know, a worker be as just who are you as a parent, or I mean, as a person and what what's going on with you in your life as a person. So I think just checking in. 
I love what you're saying. And yet it's such a um, disruption on the paradigm because I feel that most of us, if we are truly honest, we want what you just described. Like, can we not be so child-centered? Can we focus as well on us as individuals, as grown-ups having an experience together? But it almost seems like society will guilt us into, you, you cannot do that. You're supposed to be, it's all about the children. It's the relationship is almost like, yeah, it's, it's there to support the growth of the children. And even recently, I went on a holiday with my, with my husband, just the two of us, no children, the complete difference. I mean, I was like, I'm coming back realizing that there is no such thing as a family vacation. There is a family trip, but if I want a full-on vacation, I have to go either by myself, with friends, or with my partner. But I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily have the strength to go against societies paradigm of it's all about the children so how do you help people break through that stigma already of yeah you, you have to put yourself first your partnership second and then the children well you know look if I use this example of this gentleman again I mean I think he had a realization as we're talking this morning that yeah we have been child focused so I think it, again sometimes it takes these sort of like tragedies if you will to happen to where it's like a, you know, a bonk on the head where we finally look at each other and say, what the heck's been going on? Maybe we need to challenge this paradigm and maybe we need to not be so child focused. And when I explained to him that we're also modeling, right? We're modeling this behavior. What do you want your, how do you want your children to be in their relationships when they grow up? Like, what do you want them to do with their partners and spouses and how do you want them to be with them? Well, you have to model that for them. Loving, connection, talking, affection. And so I think sometimes, again, when we have these, we come into a therapist's office or we go see our coach and we, we come to this realization, the reason why I'm here and why I'm coming to you is because I feel this disconnect this, I don't feel good. I don't feel good in this relationship anymore. And yeah, maybe we need to just get a divorce. And I do think sometimes people just kind of go to that direction. Like, well, maybe we're not meant to be. Well, maybe we grew apart. Maybe. But then maybe it's because you haven't really given the relationship the attention that it needed. So for those who come to me saying, uh, there's been an, an affair in the relationship, and I don't know whether this can be overcome or, or we can work on that. Um, how do you help them decide like, yeah, maybe it's time for a divorce or maybe no, maybe there's something that you can work on even if this has been an affair. Great question. Because what I, what I kind of preach is that what we really need to do, and it's hard to do this. I'm not saying this is easy, but if we can just full on commit to the process of recovery. And that's what my recovery program is about. I put them through a process, through a whole program that allows them to start this repair process, rebuilding trust, reconnecting, finding out what's underneath the affair, like what was really going on again, what are the deeper unmet needs that maybe were there. So <clears throat> I think as you, I tell people, as you go through that process together, you are going to gain the clarity as to whether you need to stay or go. 
And you said something that I think is very critical is as you go through the process together, is this something that only one side of the partnership can decide to do or it has to be a joint effort? Well, I don't think there's any black and white, but if you don't have both of them working on their part, it's probably going to, it's going to either stall you, it's going to postpone things, it's going to delay things, or it may just end up in a divorce. I think, I don't see anything wrong with one person going and getting help, but I do think that eventually that other partner has to come in. Because if you think about an affair situation, I mean, okay, you have the, the if the betrayed partner goes and gets help, well, they're going to feel like, well, what's the person who had the affair? What are they doing? Right. And they do need to be doing things. And I think the same is true the other way around. Sure. You can say, well, you, you cheated on me, you go get help. And I hear that a lot. Okay. They can, and then they can come in and they can, they can get the tools and they can do all the things to sort of dig in and figure out why they had the affair and all the things. But if, if the other person isn't involved in that process and, and seeing those pieces and, 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 and joining them in, again, what was underneath, again, the disconnect, this person not feeling love, this person not feeling whatever it is, then I, th I feel like there's just a gap there. So to answer your question, <laughs> I, I think one person can go in and get help, but eventually both people do need to be involved in it for it to really, to really make an impact and really to fully recover, I guess. And, and do you believe that the affair itself, it's not necessarily what's going to end the relationship, it's whether they do not correct those issues, or do you think that someone that's had an affair, even if they correct all the issues, they may go back to wanting to have another affair? Have Absolutely. You seen yeah, I mean, there are definitely people that have sex addictions, right? These are kind of more on the rare side that I see that it's very, it's, it's, it's not that often that I see someone that, that comes in that's truly has a sex addiction, but of course that's its own animal, right? Um, and then of course there are serial affair people. That's really rare too. I really see most of the time what I see is folks having an affair because of things that I've already mentioned, as well as a lot of other reasons why people have an affairs. Um, so it, the relationship does not have to end. Um, and I do see hope and I do think that they can move forward and recover fully. Yes, there may always be some trust issues. I do see that. I see that in sometimes with everybody's different, but they're, you know, the person who's been betrayed, you know, they have to, a lot of variables are involved in all of that. But some of it's like, if they already had some layers of trauma coming into the relationship, for instance, they had trauma in their childhood. I think it makes it a lot more difficult, right? To try to get over this betrayal when they've already got that. And how can we support as friends or um, family members, if someone comes to us and says, hey, there's been an affair. Um, I always feel that whatever reaction we throw in the mix can, can really affect people. So in your experience, what will be the most helpful way of addressing someone who is letting us know that either themselves or their partner has had an affair? Well, first and foremost, tell them to get help from a professional, someone who actually has affair recovery, you know, as their expertise. Um, 
secondly, it's really important that if you're in that situation, whether you're the betrayed partner or you're the one that did the betrayal, it's important for you to be speaking with folks that are a friend of the relationship. And if we're, if we're talking to maybe our girlfriend who is someone who's, you know, really, man, you know, maybe they're really angry themselves. Uh, maybe they were betrayed. Maybe they, maybe they're they just got a divorce, or they are getting a divorce, and they're not really pro relationship right now. If you understand what I'm saying, they're pretty negative about relationships. They're they may likely be say leave the bastard kind of a thing. You know, <laughs> like you know, get out. You know, run for your life. And not to say that that might not be what they need to do. I don't know. It depends, of course, on the, on the circumstances. But if your heart is telling you that there still could be hope and you still love this person and there's still some something still there, then I always say that's just where I come from is I always say, then again, go and get help and get and, and go through the process so that you can gain the clarity so you'll know for sure. And so going back to your original question is I think just talking you, if someone comes to you, be a friend of the, of the relationship or the marriage. Like I'm supporting you guys as a couple. I mean, maybe you're just my friend and I'm not friends with your spouse. And that may be true, but you also just want to try to be that neutral party, like go get help. You know, I'm here to support you. I'm, if you want to stay in this relationship, then I'm here to support you in that. And I, you know, does that make sense? Am I answering your question? Absolutely. And that's usually okay. the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's usually the, the same situation when people are sharing, like, hey, um, we're thinking about having a divorce. And I always say the same, just ask them, how can I support you? How can I, um, in the most neutral way, like whether you are attached to them continuing the relationship or you actually think, no, you guys will be better off separate ways, just giving people the space and the permission to say, you figure out what you need to do. I'll just be here to support you. But I feel that. We have these preconceived ideas about divorce and affairs that it also it always means the end, terrible, horribleness. And I remember yeah. when I first got in contact with um, Esther Perel's books and, you know, mating in captivity and how people have affairs. And I understood this whole plethora of reasons that don't necessarily mean that the relationship is over and you hate your partner or you're not interested. There are so many other layers involved. Oh my goodness. Yes. And her work is amazing. Um, but yes, absolutely. There's so many pieces to the puzzle and you really need to dive in and start looking at all those pieces and not just going to the extreme. And yeah, there's so much, you know, on social media, uh, regarding betrayal and, and affairs and the negativity that I see is just, it's, it makes me sad because, if you're going on there to get some help and get some support and, and you just see this plethora of get out, he's a bastard. He's, you know, she's a slut, whatever the negative terminology that just gets thrown out there. I mean, it's just, if you get bombarded with that, I mean, again, I just don't think that's supportive and helpful. So and that's, that's one of the big things that I try to do on my, my Instagram account is just really send that message. There is hope and just trying to send a different message. You know? <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think that it's, again, it's all about being unbiased and not judge. And 
we don't really know what's best for another person. Maybe even if they tell you how horrible their partner is, but in their life path, that's what they choose to do. That's the lessons that they want to learn. Who we, who are we to, to say, no, that's wrong. And, or the other way around, or you have to stay at all costs, or you have to leave at all costs. I think it's entirely up to each individual and what it is. But I love that you said, just find the professional help and the support. So that actually takes me to my next question. Where will people find you? What's the best way? Your Instagram is amazing, but in anywhere else that they can find your hope and your knowledge? Yeah, reconnectedrelationship.com is my website. And then, yeah, reconnected underscore relationship on Instagram is a great place to connect with me, see, see what I'm about, see my content, see kind of the messages that I'm trying to send out there. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. And I'd like to ask you the same question that I asked all my guests at the end of the podcast. And it's the one question is, where do you see your next great chapter? What's in the works for you? Mm, um, so my chapter is that I am really... Um, at my at my my ripe age of 55 i've just i'm starting to discover some things about myself and my stories i have so much that has happened in my life that has impacted my work but i don't speak about it enough i think so i'm really that's my next chapter is to really get my stories out there and tell folks and get hopefully be an inspiration for others with all of the all of the things that I've, that I've dealt with in my life and, and overcome. So that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at right now. That's fantastic. I think that people sharing their stories, how they went through the valleys and peaks that life is, it's what actually gives the most hope for everyone else seeing that someone else has gone through it and come out at the other end. Absolutely. So that's, that's, yeah, that's where I'm landing right now too. So thank you, Olga. And where do you see the, the world's next great chapter? The world's? Well, so I, the big, again, big message here for me is I truly believe that if we work on our relationships, just kind of get in, dig in with just the relationships in our life, whether it's with our significant other or friendships or family relationships, the better we are and more connected and secure and happy that we are in our relationships, the better the world is. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, I think that's where relationships is where most of our beliefs um, sort of emanate from. And from those beliefs will cause action that can either be beneficial or totally detrimental to society. So I'm with you. Relationships should be on top of the curriculum for every human to learn. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Shannon, for being here. I'm going to put on the show notes all the information on where people can find you. But it was so amazing having you today. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you. And you too. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Shannon. And everybody else, I'll see you next week. Aloha. Hey, if you're passionate about helping others move to the next chapter, and want to join one of the fastest growing industries, I would like to invite you to my upcoming training to become a certified holistic divorce coach. Just head over to olganadal.com and click on the Holistic Divorce Institute tab. I can't wait to meet you inside the program.